truth. Chilling. Truth. And that's what I decided I'm going to murder my mother. And I didn't feel that I had to face what I had done ever. He kills 33 times. I'm a king, man. I decide who does what and where they do it at. I mean, we shut all this all out. Let's just start over right now. Starting go. One, two, okay. three. Three. I didn't clap. Right, I didn't so think you were ready. You said one, two, three. I was doing one, two, three. You said oh, one, you two, three. You did like a last minute, went for the clap. Like your hands were down. Dude, like why'd you count like if you weren't? Half. Why'd you count if you didn't you weren't want to following do it? along? It looked, you know, like body language. I wasn't. Okay, just let's just do it then. All right. Just do it real quick. Yeah. All right, ready? I'm going to count because yeah. that's my job. Okay, ready? One, two, three. All right. Is that really your job? Yeah, of course it's my like job. You've I taken do it that every responsibility time. now. <laughs> like that's. I've been doing it for this long. Why would I change it up now? Oh, I guess I never noticed you counted. Yeah, I always count. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No. Uh, so I got a new microphone over the weekend. So that's why you guys hear this amazing, crisp, clear audio. Um, this is this take two. I went a lot more in depth earlier. Johnny said it was boring. So. You're not going to hear all that. What? I don't think you should really cut it out. I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I already cut everything out. Fuck yeah, it. That's did you really I mean. cut it? No, I haven't cut anything yet. I do oh. it in the post. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do it after. Yeah, don't worry about it. You can see who edits all the episodes. And all right, let's get to it, though. Yeah. What are you going to hurry for, dude? You got I'm tired of lollygagging. Lollygagging? It's been eight minutes. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, so welcome to The Chilling Truth, everybody. I am Corey. And I'm looking at impatient Johnny over here wearing a hoodie for some fucking reason because it's like not even cold yet. Chilly in the home, dude. I got the AC on. Right, which is rare, I think. Anyway. Anyway, so today we're talking about African warlords. And I learned a lot researching this episode. I never knew that there was an African civil war. I never knew there was a, quote, back to Africa movement back when the slaves were freed. All of this is new information to me, and it's all very interesting. But I will say, up top, if you don't care for history that much, you're going to hate like most of the beginning of this episode. Because it's mostly history leading up to the actual Civil War, which was the birth of the Warlords. So just stick it out. The fun stuff comes towards the end. Are you ready? We're going to go all the way back. Way, 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 way back to 1863. All right. Yeah, so this when is, Americans wised up. Yeah, well, they came up with a plan to send them back to Africa. And by them, Africans, uh, them is fucking weird. Slaves. Uh, there was, freed slaves. Yeah, freed slaves. Uh, whatever freed slaves, because to my knowledge, not all slaves were free. It was just like a majority of fr- slaves were free in 18th Yeah, I th- but, well, I mean, I'm sure it's not like racism just ended when no, they no, were no, like, no, set no. the slaves free. I mean, people would still hate it. Well, people. there was even legislation written up for this. However, the whole Back to Africa movement was a complete failure. Uh, the majority mm-hmm. of freed slaves did not want to return to Africa, <laughs> but would rather continue their lives here in the U.S. or in the U.S. I feel that that definitely tells you, like, how bad Africa was because they're like, I don't want to go there. I'd rather stay here where people treat me like garbage. Well, I mean, that's the reason a lot of people from other uh, countries all over the world, they want to migrate to the U.S. because the conditions are are, are seemingly better, I guess. So. Yeah, dude. I was look. I was watching a documentary, and Liberia is fucked. It's bad over there, dude. Like, real bad. Wow. The question of where free blacks of American birth should reside... Uh, was not much discussed by the the white writers in the 18th century. 
since the thought of having free slaves was not discussed. Um, in, in 1776, slavery was legal in the 13 colonies that became the United States via the American Revolution War. Uh, Hell yeah. Yeah, there were, however, a small number of free blacks who worked and lived in various colonies. Uh, pressures of uh, for ending slavery began small but steadily increased, and then various philosoph- uh, philosophical and religious uh, condemnations of slavery, especially by Quakers, were published. Uh, Basically, it was like whenever the the, the subject of freed, freeing slaves came up, everybody was like, all right, well, let's look at the Constitution, see what it says. And then that was never even thought of back when the Constitution was written because I guess they just thought black people were going to be slaves forever. Yeah, yeah I don't – so, you know, change is slow and difficult. So, yeah. yeah, why would they see that that would change? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, but there was just no, like, mandate for it. So it's just like, well, we got to figure something out here. Right. Well, they also, also really quick, is your mic is your mic picking up whatever that clacking noise was? Was that Bodie shaking? I don't know, man. I didn't notice it. Oh. Well, we were talking during it, so hopefully it didn't pick it up. Yeah, when I talk, I only listen to me, dude. Yeah, I'm aware. I'm not listening to him. So, starting right. with Pennsylvania and Massachusetts in 1780. Slavery was gradually abolished in all the northern states, although this did not mean that existing slaves were always freed. Uh, Vermont, which at the time was not part of the U.S., abolished slavery in 1777. Uh, In the 1840 census, there were still hundreds of slaves in the north and millions more in the south. Uh, By the 1850 census, there weren't any slaves in the free states. In the south, sometimes influenced by appeals from preachers, uh, abolitionism, abolitionism, abolishing. <laughs> Holy fuck! Yeah, Ab- abolitionism. Is that a word? Yeah, of course it is. Abolitionist is also a word. So, the uh, the abolishment of slavery in the U.S. had strong religious components. Some individuals freed their slaves or left instructions in their will to free them upon the owner's death. So, I mean, you had some that. You know, they, they didn't want anybody else to use them, but they definitely weren't going to get rid of them while they were alive. So I don't Yeah, they were like, well, keep them, and if I die, then, you know, deal yeah, with that yeah. after I'm dead. But I'm going to have slaves until I fucking die. So essentially what happened was the number of free blacks in the United States skyrocketed, and so the question of what to do with them started popping up, like we said. But even when free, most weren't even citizens with legal rights. I mean, because they were brought here, you know overseas and they were it's not like they got here and they were like fill out all this fucking paperwork you're gonna be a citizen like no they were like you work for us and that's it so they were obviously they were seen as racially inferior which we don't agree with by the way right but this led into like the jim crow laws so i mean back then right yeah exactly uh, a black american was still only considered was it three-fifths four-fifths two-thirds Oh yeah, it's like forfeit. Yeah, it was like some weird fucking not even a whole person not a whole person so shit but yeah so it's yeah, it, it took forever for from the freeing of slaves, so to speak, to, and they're still fighting for equal rights in 2020. So change. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous, is what it is. Yeah, but that goes with every minority group. I mean, Black Americans, Gay Americans, women Americans. You know, just. But I don't want to get into that. So <clears throat> they were prohibited from living <laughs> in some areas, and there was legal discrimination. Uh, black pas- of course there was. Yeah, black yeah, passengers on river boats were not allowed in the cabin, but had to stay on deck. 
uh, whatever the weather. So if the weather was shitty, they were they were out there. That's fucked, dude. That is like if it's like pouring ass rain, you gotta just sit in the fucking rain. Have you ever been to uh, George Washington's house, Mount Vernon? No, never been there. Yeah, just outside of D.C. It's a beautiful place, uh, countryside, right on the river. But you get to walk right uh, through the house and see all the rooms. Really? Of course, yeah, they've remodeling they've given it facelifts over the centuries yeah like but, renovated a bit made it better yeah, made um, it, you know where you can walk in it but yeah so you but you start out like when, when you where you enter the house it's the it's this like the slave room it's like the the coat closet so the, like, wait the slave room is that what yeah, it's called the yeah, slave room i don't know what they called it but like you <laughs> walked in and they, were, the they tra- well they treated them like animals so like that's this room and it had like the washroom it had the big like vat with like the I don't know. So it was just a cleaning room that was, it's kind of like what we would call a, uh, like a, like a mud room. Like a laundry today. room. Yeah. 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 Like a laundry room. Type but thing. the, so George Washington's servants and slaves stayed in that room when they weren't being utilized. But then when guests would come over, they would drop their coats and their slaves off in that room as well. Like they would stay there while they would. Like it's a it. fucking, yeah, they'd be like, all right, you stay here. I'm going to go mingle. I'll pick you up on the way out. Yeah, yeah. So you got to walk through the room. It's really weird. But uh, in fact, they were still uh, uh, digging up a lot of the property. Um, when I was there, of course, this was last house in D.C. was probably 2016, 2017, maybe. And uh, when I was there, I was walking across the property and there's like a bunch of do not cross tape and they were where well, they were, you know, ex- excavating and there were some tractors and stuff out there. But they're still at, like three or four years ago, they were still removing uh, buried slaves and properly. Jesus Christ, them. dude. Yeah. So I like that's walk, fucking crazy. Yeah. I got to walk around that ground, which is pretty, pretty heavy. Um, and uh but yeah, it's, you know, I think my point was change is hard. And then I got into a whole, uh, oh, as far as like how they're, how they were treated. Um, yeah, they're treated like trash. They're yeah. treated like not even citizens. I mean, dogs were probably right. treated better than So slaves, back right? on track, uh, in Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's get back to yeah, that. Each free black man had to have a white man who could be <laughs> sued for the black man's misdeeds, if any, since blacks could neither sue nor be sued. Which uh, would be great if you knew they wouldn't just kill you because you got them sued. Yeah, but you needed a chaperone. You had, a, you had to have a white guy. Yeah, you can do whatever you want, but they're going to murder you if you they get sued for something. I don't like being micromanaged at work. I couldn't imagine a man following me around to make sure that... I don't do anything, you know, yeah. it's worth a lawsuit. So the Quaker uh, Zephania Kingsley, uh, his belief... Nice, nailed that one. Well, you know, I uh, I like saying funny Sound names. Sound it out. Uh, Sound it out. That the uh, amalgamation, that's yep, I believe is what that is called, of the races was desirable, uh, was thus forced to leave the country for Haiti. <laughs> In the South, free blacks who could did not learn to read and write. No, they did learn to read and write. Did, oh, they did? Yeah, okay. yeah, they did learn to read and write. Okay, let me start that over. In the South, free blacks who could did learn to read and write. And we're often familiarized with uh, abolitionist writings. The slave- Which is cool. I mean, that's something you'd want to learn about. I mean, if this is why you're free. Yeah. I technically. I mean, kind of free. Mostly free. Uh, well, you know, dude, the black culture 
like is deep, bro. Deep. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, I don't know. It's like Hispanic I've culture. Seen. Or like Irish yeah. culture. Well, I know more about that. I don't know anything about Irish culture. Because, I mean. Yeah, no, I neither do I. Just as far as like they've got like their heritage goes back and like they're. I don't know. There's a lot of fun facts about those cultures. And they like to drink beer and punch their wives. And those are the only two Irish stereotypes that I, I am aware of. Okay. Yeah. Uh, thank you for clarifying that they are stereotypes and not that all Irish. Yeah. No, I just wanted to make sure. Hey, man, I wanted to make sure <laughs> make sure people know that white people are also Jeez. have stereotypes. All right. So the slave owners that enrolled the southern states uh, or controlled the southern states rather saw free blacks as a threat to the stability of the economy and society. <laughs> They made no secret of their desire to be rid of them. They literally ran Sophania Kingsley out of the fucking country because he said we should coexist. But, I mean, they're not on easy street, obviously. The the slaves, I mean, aren't on easy street just because slavery ended. I mean, it's not. Like you said earlier, even in 2020, we still have fucking people who think that black people should still be slaves. Yeah, they disguise it with all lives matter. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Until it comes to kids who are locked in cages at the border, or you know, literally right. anything else except for abortion. But we can—we no. don't need to get political. Uh, most of the African American population was freed people uh, was freed people seeking opportunity. Many Southern freed blacks migrated to the industrial North to seek employment, while others moved to surrounding Southern states. Uh, their progress was met with hostility, as many whites were not used to sharing space with blacks in a context outside of slavery. Uh, many did not believe that free Africans uh, had a place in America. And we saw that, you know, in the 1950s, 1970s, like when 1950s really when, like, you know, you, you probably recognize it as the ghetto of any major city. Um, Central Phoenix, South Dallas, uh, you know, St. Louis. Fifth Ward here in Houston. But you have, you know, these following World War II, you had all these white soldiers that were coming back and getting these amazing home loans and they were buying these beautiful homes in these white suburbia fucking communities. Uh, And these black veterans were coming back and they weren't getting the same interest rates, the same benefits as these white uh, veterans. So... You know, and we all know how that ended. We they moved them to the inner city, uh, or outside, uh, you know, just away from the white communities. And then when they started integrating uh, in the last fifty years, um, I mean, our parents saw the like the 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 integration of students in school. Uh, it's yeah, weird to and me what's... that people think that man that was one hundred fifty. Where are you getting that number? I don't understand. No, dude. I mean, so no people. No, we don't we still know the, old black individuals that lived under Jim Crow laws. So yeah, it's not hard to find them. Yeah. So uh, I don't know what my point was, but but what's crazy now is that after that happened, and they were pushing all of the black veterans and just the black community in general to the ghettos. Now they're starting to build fancy modern houses around the ghettos too, because the land prices are so the property value is so cheap. Well, what happened so it's with just those, gentrification? Yeah, those neighborhoods that were all white when they started integrating black people, basically you had like white fear. I don't know what they called it, uh, something like that. But it, you would have one black family move into this neighborhood, and of course they had to drive down the street looking for their home, their brand new beautiful home that they worked hard for. 
and they're passing other homes with big banners hanging on the porches that say, go home inward, or we don't want you here. Yeah, Get out. Like, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. some hateful shit, you know what I'm saying? So, that, you know, and then what happened was you had other white people that were like, we're selling it. You know, we don't want blacks in our communities. They're going to devalue our property value. So then they would start going to their white neighbors and say, hey, you should get out now too because they're going to bring down your property value. So everybody got scared and was like, well, I don't want to lose money on this. So they started selling their shit. All the white people Mm -hmm. started moving. So then they moved to a different community where there's no blacks and they take their children uh, and their money and they put it towards other schools. So then you have these blacks that are now in this community and they have no resources because the white man took it all. So... But that's how, yeah, that's how a lot fucked. of the ghettos really started uh, in the 20th century. Yeah, it's fucking, it's fucked up. Uh, where was I? Where was I? Uh, I think in the North, many whites believes that blacks could not achieve equality. Okay. So in the North, uh, many whites believe that blacks could not achieve equality in the United States and therefore pushed for their immigration to Africa, even though most had been born in the U.S. and had never seen Africa. It's kind of like But Hispanics this is kind of what we now. saw. We do it today. Yeah, with the DACA or DACA. DACA well, DACA um, is – that's different because they are immigrants, I believe. But if you look at statistics – Two out of every three Hispanic in this country was born in, in, in America, dude. Yeah, but I'm saying with DACA, they wanted to, they were trying fairly recently to yeah. abolish DACA and like send these kids back to their countries their parents came from. And it's like some of them were doing videos and they were like, dude, I've never, I don't even know what Mexico looks like. And I like, think I've never that, even been there. Man, I think that agenda was, it was backed by <clears throat> misinformation. And just complete, um, just oblivion to what DACA really is. Because you talk to a lot of people that would vote against it or wanted to vote against it. And they were, most of the time, the individual was under the impression that uh, members of DACA are just over here soaking up money and uh, they're just getting free school and shit. It's like, no, dude, there's a requirement. There's a criteria that these students have to meet. And when they graduate from these universities, they go into the U.S. workforce. Like they become our doctors, our lawyers, our educators. And like, pay taxes. I don't understand. Like some like, yeah, like, it's just ridiculous. But they have to meet a requirement. Like, it, it's a it's a strict criterion that they have to stay with as long as they are enrolled enrolled in whatever university they are. And they work hard for it. And like I said, they put right back into our economy once they finish school. So. It's, and yeah, like you said, there's, you know, there's plenty of DACA members that qualify because of their family's lineage, but they've never seen Mexico. Yeah, exactly. So it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense, dude. Like the people who voted against DACA are the people who would never reach even close to the potential of those kids that were in it. Right. And it's just, it's born out of racism and prejudice. And if you feel racist towards anybody i'd say turn this fucking podcast on right off right now because we don't need your support i think those listeners have already tuned out bro (laughs) yeah we've said some pretty controversial things we lost them on like the fucking first seven minutes all right yeah well they were like wait the blacks do need to be slaves again so 
Such sentiment was not exclusive to Northerners. <clears throat> One proponent of the colonization movement, uh, Solomon Parker of Hampshire County, Virginia, was quoted as having said, I am not willing that the man or any of the blacks shall ever be free to remain in the United States. I am, I am opposed to slavery and also opposed to freeing blacks to stay in our country and do sincerely hope that the time is approaching when our land shall be rid of them. Uh, yeah, that's like diet racism right there. It's like, I don't <laughs> yeah, want them well, to be slaves, but I don't want to look at them. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> No, no, I you're mean, fucking, he, you're an asshole. He definitely took that one. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it is what it is. That's how views were. So, I mean, he's fucked. I mean, that's a terrible person. Are, wait, are you talking about because I read it? Uh, you, you just kind of like took over. I thought it was funny. Because I was just no, going to read it in a regular voice. Oh, no. Anything in parentheses is what I read. I know, I but I started no. reading it, and then, like, my mic is going to pick it up, so it's going to sound like That's you fine. just I started can... talking over me. No, I cut that part out so I don't look like an <laughs> you, asshole. You, you cut my bit out? <laughs> yeah, I cut your part out so I don't look like a dick. You should, from now on, you should just let me read the whole thing, and then when I go to back to back go back to listen to it, you've cut mine out, and then you read it in your accent. <laughs> I just, I just re-record this whole part, you know, reading every line <laughs> yeah. myself. Yeah, because you never listen to it, you know. Yeah, yeah. So they couldn't just put them on a boat and send them to a random spot in Africa. So they attempted to send them to Liberia. Black just fucked. Yeah. Liberia is terrible. So black interest in Liberian immigration emerged when the Civil War promised the end of slavery and meaningful change to the status of black Americans. Some seven thousand enslaved people were freed by their masters. So at that point, those freed Americans left the U.S. to escape racism and have more opportunities, mainly because they had lost all hope of achievement. Uh, in the 1830s, the movement became increasingly dominated by Southern slave owners who did not want free blacks and saw sending them to Liberia as a solution. So if you can't, you're not going to be free here. You can go try to be free somewhere else, I guess is what they mean. Yeah, It's honestly really fucked up yeah. to be like... Well, if you're not going to be my slave, I don't think you should be here. Yeah, you should just go that's back the only to way where you, you fit came into from. this system. So slaves yes, freed from slave ships were sent here instead of their countries of origin. The immigration of free blacks to Liberia particularly increased after the Nat Turner Rebellion of 1831. Hey, hold on, don't read that part because I fucking I forgot to, to go back and fix this. Because I our transition sentence was right there, but now we don't need it because I typed that at the end. Uh, I'm just taking the parentheses out so that you don't think that I'm reading that part. Okay. Okay, you're good. You can go ahead. So the Nat Turner Rebellion for a second. Ah, oh, fuck. Good God job. Damn it, don't read that part. Go. Yeah, I fucked it again. Okay, now read it. So Nat Turner's Rebellion, also known as the Southampton Insurrection... Uh, was a rebellion of black slaves that took place in Southampton County, Virginia, in August of 1831, led by Nat Turner. The insurrectionists killed between 55 and 65 people, at least 51 of whom were white. The rebellion was put down within a few days, uh, but Turner survived in hiding for more than two months afterwards. The rebellion was effectively suppressed at Belmont Plantation on the morning of August 23rd of 1831. There was a widespread fear in the aftermath and white militias organized in retaliation to opposition to the, in opposition to the enslaved people. 
The state uh, executed 56 slaves accused of being part of the rebellion, and many non-participant slaves were punished in the frenzy. Uh, approximately 120 slaves and free blacks were murdered by militias and mobs in the area. State legislatures passed new laws prohibiting education of slaves and free black people, restricting rights of assembly and other civil liberties for free black people, and requiring white ministers to be present at all worship services. So you couldn't be a black minister. If you wanted to meet up with your black friend in the middle of town and you were black, you couldn't meet because... Nope. Like, it was just crazy. Like, you couldn't do anything but, like, stay in your home. Like, if you're going to be free, you ain't doing nothing out here. Like, you'd be free in your home. Kind now, of I, I, it definitely seems like Nat Turner's heart was in the right place, and he was more or less getting revenge. But, uh, yeah, he fucked up a lot of other shit. Now we're going to start getting to the, like, to the, to the violent stuff, to the juicy part. Okay, if you're still stuck through all the history lesson we just gave you. Well, with the departure of the first ship to Africa in 1820, the American Colonization Society established settlements for free American blacks on the coast of West Africa. Uh, the first American ships were uncertain of where they were heading. Uh, <laughs> of course, why the fuck would they know where the fuck they were going? Yeah, like, just going off in a direction. Where the fuck did you say we were going? <laughs> Africa? What the hell? Where the hell is that? Yeah, it's like, why are you the captain? You shouldn't be the captain of this. It's just a straight line, right? The world's flat at this point. <laughs> we, yeah, the world's <laughs> flat at this point. We should just drive straight. We should just sail straight across. Yeah. Well, you don't when want to go land, straight too long because you'll run into an ice wall. So, Yeah, yeah. You won't fall off, but NASA will shoot you with their 21st century guns. So the American ships, their, first, their plan was to follow the paths that the British had taken or simply take a chance on where they would land. <laughs> so no, the blind leading the blind. Nobody yes. knew where the fuck they were going. Yeah. This is like, what, 100, 200 years later and they're still thinking like that? Yeah, they still can't. <laughs> so the Americans were... And I bet even if the slaves knew where to go, they're like, I'm not going to fucking tell yeah, the dude, direction. I'm going to stay on the ship. Fuck them. That's like being cuffed in the back of a cop car and a cop's asking your name. Fuck you, dude. We're already at this point. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, God, I, I didn't tell you back then. I'm not giving you shit, you dude. Exactly. So the Americans were eventually successful at finding a suitable spot to establish their colonies, arriving at what the British had named the Grain Coast. Along the Grain Coast, local African chiefs willingly gave the Americans tracts of land. Uh, yeah, willingly. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I feel like, you know, as Americans, we have a hitch, rich, rich history of easy negotiations with people who are different. Yeah. Uh, yeah, something tells me they did it the old Columbus way. It was like, give us this shit or we're going to fucking kill it's you. It's possible. It's very possible. So over the course of 20 years, a series of fragmented settlements sprung across Liberia's lightly settled shore. Uh, along with the difficulty of gaining enough land, uh, life proved hard for these early settlers. Disease was widespread, along with the lack of food. Hostile tribes presented the set, uh, prevented the settlers uh, from... Oh, is it presented? So hostile tribe... Yeah. Prevented, sorry, it's a typo. So hostile tribes presented settlers with great struggle, uh, destroying some of their new land settlements. Almost 50% of the new settlers died in the first 20 years after their arrival in Liberia. Which is awful, but freed slaves that were taken to Liberia didn't show up and just, like, join society and, you know, be, like, you know, contributing. No, they came in 
enslaved the native Africans in the ways that they were enslaved in America. And this went on for about 140 years, and then it continued until Samuel K. Doe, the first native-born African, was elected to president. But obviously, since there was a civil war, Samuel K. Doe was no saint. Uh, he was a Lib Liberian politician who served as the Liberian leader from 1980 to 1990, first as a military leader and later as a civilian. While a master sergeant in the armed forces of Liberia, Dode staged a violent coup in April of 1980 that left him the de facto head of state. During the coup, the president, William Tolbert, and much of the true Whig party uh, leadership was executed. Dode then established the People's Redemption Council, assuming the rank of general. So that's just a segue into what we're going to talk about now. <laughs> yeah. Well, so Doe suspended the Constitution and headed the county's military junta, uh, junta for the next five junta. years. Uh, in 1985, he ordered an election and officially became the 21st president of Liberia. The <laughs> Which is like, take you like he'd order the election and then be, yeah. it's kind of like when Dick Cheney was like, I'll find a VP for you, George. And then he's like, it's going to be me. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 they didn't spend a lot of energy making uh, signs for people's yards. I'm guessing. Yeah. I don't think they were really campaigning too much. So the election was marked by controversy as there was evidence of election fraud. Go figure. <clears throat> Doe. Yeah, had, don't mention that right now. Yeah. We're going to get some bad emails. So Doe had support from the United States. It was a strategic alliance due to his anti-Soviet stance taken during the years of the Cold War prior to the changes in 1989 that led to the dissolution uh, of the Soviet Union. So the U.S. was okay with a violent coup that let this man take charge of a country as long as he also hated the SSR. Well, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah. I mean, if they can do something for you, I guess you, they're not that bad of a guy. Yeah, but we're going to see that they once, you know, they gay, they fucking tell them to fuck off here in a bit. So in the late teen, uh, the late 1980s in the U.S. government, uh, as the U.S. government adopted more fiscal austerity and the threat of uh, communism declined with the waning of the Cold War, the U.S. became disenchanted with the entrenched corruption of Doe's government and began cutting off critical foreign aid. This combined with the popular anger generated by Doe's favoritism towards Kranz, Kranz, placed him in a no very idea. precarious position. So basically to save money, they fucking grew up and were like, we're not going to support this guy anymore because he can't do anything for me anymore. Yeah. So a civil war began in December of 1989 when rebels entered Liberia through Ivory Coast. Doe was barricaded in his luxury mansion with about 500 soldiers. First, the rebels went for the Capitol building, and they did take it. Uh, then they went for the mm -hmm. Do, uh, for Doe capturing and overthrowing him on 9 September uh, of 1990. Uh, Prince Johnson reached Doe before Charles Taylor, but did not kill him right away. Instead, he was tortured during interrogation by Prince, then killed. Yeah, we didn't really talk about Charles Taylor. We didn't really introduce him, but Charles Taylor was a basically he was a rebel leader. Yeah. who wanted to overthrow Doe, and then Prince Johnson, I don't think he was an actual prince, I think it was just his name, but he was, was a friend of Charles Taylor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he would go on to be uh, the prince that we all know and love, and uh, he murdered someone before all that started out. 
So yeah, Charles Taylor and Prince John were just like buddies. And then he was like, hey, man, I kind of want to overthrow the government. He's like, hey, man, I've been thinking about that, too. Let's do it together. And then they murdered this man. Uh, and there's even a video of it. Uh, they show clips of it in the Vice documentary that I watched. And uh, it's pretty graphic. He's pretty chopped up there. He's pretty cut up. So now that we know what's going on, let's get into the warlord. Yeah. So the first one is Id Amin. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Ed Id 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 sounds better. I would to say me. Ed. I think Ed is how you say it. But I could be. How about we just wrong. call him the Butcher of Uganda because that's his name. <laughs> that's what they called him. <laughs> yeah. Well, the first one we're going to talk about is Ed Amin, better known as the Butcher of Uganda. Uh, this is a great name. He was cool. Fucking name. It's pretty dope. Uh, he was the commander of the Ugandan army when he seized power on a military coup in 1971. He ruled Uganda for eight years, during which time he earned his nickname, the Butcher of Uganda, for his brutality. Uh, according to Amnesty International, uh, he was responsible for the death of 500,000 people during his rule. He engaged Yikes. in ethnic purging of the uh, Akali? Akoli. Akoli, we're going to go with either one of those might be right. And Lango people throughout <laughs> Uganda and in his own army as he was constantly paranoid about being overthrown. Great leader. I'm going to kill all you guys because I don't want you to kill me first. Well, I get paranoia. I mean, when you're running a country in that kind of circumstance, yeah, you probably don't trust anybody. Well, I mean, if yeah, but if you've surrounded yourself with those type of people, I mean, I you did it to yourself. After the UK shuttered its embassy in 1977 uh, because of, uh, I mean, suppression, the dictator declared that he had single-handedly defeated the British Empire. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about this part. I forgot about this part. Put it on his resume. Uh, he later declared yeah, himself. Yeah, he's like, I did this. So he later declared himself His Excellency, <laughs> President for Life, Field Marshal Al-Haji Dr. Edi Amin Dada, VC, whatever the fuck that is, DSO, whatever the fuck that is, MC, whatever the fuck that is, Motorcycle Club, Lord of all the beasts of the earth and fishes of the seas and conqueror of the British Empire in Africa in general and Uganda in particular. That was his title. Lord of all the beasts of the earth and fishes of the seas. Yeah, dude, that was his fucking title, which is absurd it's a mouthful as well so yeah real fucking uh lunatic there yeah yeah all right so the next guy that we're going to talk about is uh muammar Gaddafi, and uh yeah everybody knows Gaddafi. yeah Gaddafi. i just uh, i mean he was actually more put on the map after he got like stabbed in the b-hole he got stabbed in the butthole yeah when they caught him like someone like ram, because nice. right? everybody was Gaddafi in each other. Gaddafi, and you'd like ram your butt, your buddy in the butt with your fist, or with whatever you're holding. What if you were holding your penis? Then would you ram your penis in your buddy's butt? I don't think that's Gaddafi. Well, it's something. It's something, but it's not Gaddafi. It's part of the game. You gotta honor the rules of the game. No, that's an added. That's not part of the game, dude. Okay, you ruined the game. Sad. We're not playing that anymore. Well. So I feel like everyone who's followed politics Fuck. for any amount of time has heard of Gaddafi. Uh, Muammar Gaddafi ruled Libya from 1969 until February 2011 when protests pretty that eventually... Huh? This is a pretty long reign he had. Yeah, no, it was. I mean, there's a reason he's a warlord. 
So yeah, exactly. When protests that eventually escalated into a civil war forced him from power, uh, Gaddafi stockpiled chemical weapons while he was in power, and he was accused of supporting terrorist networks throughout the world in the 70s and the 80s. So Gaddafi was implicated in the bombing of a Berlin discotheque in 1986 that killed three people and injured over 200, prompting the Reagan administration. God damn. Well, I mean, yeah, it was 1986. I'm sure there's a lot of people in there. I mean, that was devastating back then. It's still devastating these days. I mean, if if a concert. No, is... I'm saying at a there was a lot of people at the discotheque. Is what I'm saying because it was the 80s. There's a lot of people in the discotheque. Well, yeah, I'm not saying that 200 is not a lot of people. Was it like a giant no, warehouse plenty, where people are, you know? Yeah. That's not 80s music, but yeah. So maybe Billy Joel. So I don't know whether they play. Well, the bombing prompted the Reagan administration to launch airstrikes against Libya. Gaddafi was also blamed for the 1988 Lockerbie bombing, which killed 270 people uh, when their plane exploded over Scotland. Uh, Libya fought wars against Egypt, Chad, and Tanzania under Gaddafi. During the Libyan Civil War, Gaddafi is said to have provided Viagra-like drugs to his soldiers for the purpose of raping women as a form of intimidation. Uh, sources claim... It seems like it's not intimidation. It seems like he just wanted to rape people. I mean... Yeah, why did you have to, like, supply a fucking prescription drug? Oh, you know what it probably was? Is they wanted their dicks to be hard to play... Gaddafi, so they could Gaddafi. Oh, they were Gaddafi and these each women. other. Yeah. Oh, their each penises. other. Yeah. Right. So yeah, that's what I. That's my. What I would say. Oh, okay. So sources claim that he ordered the uh, indiscriminate killings of civilians in an attempt to stop the revolution, and many worry that he would use his stockpile of chemical weapons against the Libyan rebels. Uh, but he did not. He was he captured. Did. Yeah, and then Gaddafi'd. And Gaddafi'd by himself or someone else stabbed him in the butthole with a knife i'm assuming yeah how, how do i say in that how do i jean bedel bocasa bocasa yeah so we're gonna go with bocasa so bocasa so he's also known as john bedel bocasa he's known as the butcher of bangui uh he was the leader of the Central African Republic and its successor state, the Central African Empire. The Butcher of Bangui. They weren't they weren't very creative with the names. We got the Butcher of Uganda, the Butcher of Bangui. I mean, call them something other than Butcher. Maybe they want to be something else. Maybe they carried cleavers. I don't know, maybe, but still, I mean So could have called him something else. So he was the leader uh, of Central African Empire from 1966 to 1979. He deposed uh, his own cousin and took control of the country in a coup d'etat, is what they were called. They said, said the whole thing, the coup d'etat. A kakuna matata is what matata. They call it, and that is when you uh, have no worries. Uh, I believe that is days. correct, yes. Uh, yes, that's what they did. They <laughs> took a warthog in there and they beat him to death with it. <laughs> so the coup d'etat on New Year's Eve in 1965, and he threw out most of the governmental structure of the country shortly afterwards. Uh, Bocasa named himself president for life in 1972 and emperor in 1976. <laughs> How do you do that? Do you announce it like to everybody or do you just... I think so. You put out you... flyers, you know, you have a... Uh, I don't know. Tweet it? You tweet it out? Well, they weren't tweeting so they then, but you know... 
He chiseled it Maybe into he rocks made a everything. Facebook post. So declaring a monarchy is what he did. Um, his coronation ceremony cost an estimated $20 million, <laughs> one-third of the country's budget for the year. Jesus Christ. And after the whole year... It, <laughs> he declared it a monarchy, but he didn't call himself a king. It, <laughs> well, it's not... So it's more of an oligarchy. Well, afterwards, uh, Bocasa became known for his lavish spending, <laughs> of course. During his time Bocasa. in power, he was also accused of cannibalism. Hell yeah. Yeah. So in January 1979, Bocasa's troops massacred civilians who were rioting over food prices in Bangui, and he later killed 100 school children. Cannibalism. Yeah. So he later killed 100 school children who refused to purchase expensive uniforms bearing his image. Uh, <laughs> what? So, yeah. So, Maybe they didn't have the fucking money, you piece of yeah, shit. Yeah, so Bocas allegedly beat uh, children with his cane during the protest. The backlash from the incident forced Bocasa into exile and out of power. I like how that was the line, not the twenty. I, that's million, what I was gonna say. Like throwing over. Can his you see like standing on the else. out, like the like the 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 line of town, and like the mob is yeah. like, you know. Running him out of town, he just turns around. He's like, "Oh, okay, so this is where the line is. Like that was too far." D- uh, now that I know, can I please come yeah. back into the country? F- I won't f- hit five the kids anymore. Five more minutes. I've still got three arms in my freezer that I want to eat later. So can I just get those? Because you guys are cool with the cannibalism, right? Just not don't don't cannibalize the kids. Right, they can the ignore kids. that. So uh, we've got a, one more warlord that we're going to talk about, and uh, his name is General Butt Naked. Or also known as Joshua Milton Blahy. Yeah, so I don't know what's worse, butt naked or Joshua, because you're an African warlord. I'm not really sure. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think I'd be scared of Joshua. Either, either way, your friends were making fucking, fun of you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they weren't. So there are many other warlords that were active in these civil wars, but General Butt Naked is the most inhumane, ruthless, fascinating, and researched one. He controlled a certain area uh, in Monrovia, uh, Liberia, Liberia. It's spelled wrong. Liberia? (laughs) That's not spelled wrong. That's how you spell it. Oh, yo, it's not. It is spelled wrong. I missed an I. Yeah. Sorry. Um, One incident he talks about is, so he had a spot uh, for his kucha chair. He'd be sitting. In- Don't know what kucha is. No idea. Do you know what a kucha chair is? No. Do you know what a kucha chair is? No idea. What? It's a coochie chair. It's where he had oh. sex with women. Well, while I'm discussing it, you you Google kucha chair. Okay, I'll see what kucha chair is. I could have done this during the initial research, but yeah, he'd be sitting in his chair. Uh, he'd have his men all around him singing. The elders would bring him a child. He'd cut open the back of the child and take out the heart. Then he'd cut it up and hand it out to the soldiers who would then eat it. General Butt Naked said this was done to charge them for battle and make them brave. I don't see how they correlate, but I mean... Well, the, the youthfulness, maybe. So Maybe. It sounds like, like they sacrificed the kid because Satan would prefer the child because of the innocence. And he did like do stuff for Satan as well. Maybe. So after one of no, these, he did. yeah, that's what he did. hearsay, heresy, hearsay. No, he said it. I'm, I did the research. He said it. And so after one of these incidences, he uh, he said right before his men returned, he heard a voice behind him uh, that said, "My son, why are you slaving?" He turned around and saw a man and a white lady. Weird for the times, 
But the light... It's weird for the location. Yeah. He's like, why are you here? But the light from the white lady radiated through the man, and he says it was brighter than the sun. Uh, General Buttnaked responded to the apparition, saying, In this territory, I am the king. Uh, the apparition agreed he is a king, but why is he living like a slave? So Buttnaked asked what he means, and the apparition responded with, I mean, either repent and live or refuse and die. That's a metal line right there, dude. Repent yeah. and live or refuse and die. Yes. So, yeah, and then the apparition vanished. But uh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe eating a bunch of kids and drinking their blood makes you uh, lose your mind a bit. So, I mean, this sounds like a crazy I think you've thing. lost your mind before you do that, dude. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. yeah. You know, before you eat the children, you're probably a little loopy. Yeah. So General Buttnaked also believed that once he drank the blood of the child and he was naked, bullets could not affect him and he could disappear. Oh, okay, great. So I was right. Yeah, he's crazy. Yeah. After years of fighting naked in the African Civil War, with the war coming to an end before his run in with what he assumed was Jesus or God, General Buttnaked became Joshua Milton Blahi full time. His rampage on the African people ended in 1996 when he converted to Christianity. I feel like this was uh, like his seventh year at university. Like he just, <laughs> he finally had no other choice but to graduate and become an adult. Like, uh, like yeah, exactly, was... man. But yeah, we didn't tell, we didn't say it exactly, but his name is General Butt Naked because him and his men fought naked with just shoes and a gun. Because he said once he was naked, he thought the bullets... Yeah, it couldn't affect him. So, but I mean, they they didn't, which is kind of scary that his his view was validified by him not dying in the war. Right. But I've never understood that viewpoint of religion. He killed multiple kids, confessed to put, he even would pull them underwater and break their necks to sacrifice them to Satan, which again, Satan would never want you to do. Uh, but he drank children's blood, ate their bodies, killed who knows how many people, other men, and just because he confessed to God, he's like good now. Nah, dude, that's ridiculous. At some point, there's no turning back. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's all you have to say to my thought, religious rant I don't know about if you had the hypocrisy of I just, Christianity. I just make sure you were done. No, yeah, I'm just. I mean, I don't read the script word for word every time. I like to <laughs> take it easy sometimes. Oh, okay, well, let's wrap this up. Spontaneity. So, spontaneity. That's not how you say it. So he states his comment. Spontaneity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he states Sponta- the act of spontaneousness. Spontaneity. Go. I'm done. All right. He states spontaneity. Spontaneity. What is it? Uh, I like that. Let's just go with that. Okay. So he's. It's still wrong. He states his conversion was <laughs> bolstered by a church in Liberia where Bishop Kun Kun is a pastor. They claim to have heard from God to fast 54 days for his deliverance. After the fast, they claim God gave them spiritual powers to infiltrate his coven in Monrovia and preach to him. Uh, shortly after, he had a uh, uh, theophany, not an epiphany, but a theophany, huh? In which Jesus yeah. Christ appeared to him as a blinding light, spoke to him as a son. Yeah, that's what we talked about earlier. Yeah, just yeah. reiterating. And then told him that he would die unless he repented his sins. So, uh in 19, yep. In 1997, Blahi traveled to the uh, Budaburam refugee camp in Ghana. It was at the camp, he recounts, that he made confession for his sins at a church and had his life saved. Ugh, give me a fucking break. Subsequently, when he preaches, he says he sometimes encounters relatives of his victims. I feel very bad, 
so bad is how he was quoted. Oh, well, he said, was but he insists it was satanic <laughs> powers that possessed him in the past and he cannot be held responsible. Man, blaming Satan for your problems is just a worldwide fucking thing. He said he feels bad, won't take responsibility. How is that repentance? How is he going to go to heaven now? Yeah. So Blahi is the president of the End Time Train Evangelistic Ministries Incorporated. <laughs> That's a terrifying name. It sounds like a suicide yeah. cult. With headquarters in Liberia, he is married to Pastor Mrs. Josie and has four children. Uh, Michaela, Joshua, Milton Jr., uh, Janice, Marva, and Jackie, Mary, Beth. So he was totally redeemed, uh, and he will get to share heaven with people who were actually good people their whole lives. I mean, if you believe in that. Yeah. So. Uh, type of thing so um yeah man african warlords i know that it was a big history lesson for everybody it was the majority of the episode was history so is general uh, but i hope you guys still did alive. enjoy yes he is if you go on youtube there's a ton of videos with him there's like a 30 minute one where he's talking about like all his you know his redemption and shit there's like a movie about him about his redemption and all that shit. So yeah, Vice did a documentary about the African warlords. That's what I, the one I watched that was like, oh, this is cool. I'm gonna try to, I want to cover this. And yeah, so there you go. That's the episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, I had a great time doing this research. Uh, we got some cool stuff coming up. I know I always say that, but we always have cool stuff coming up. So I like to let you guys know about it ahead of time. You can follow me on Instagram at the Dad's Chill. You can follow Johnny at Johnny Two Jokes. Follow the show at the Chilling Truth Podcast. Please go leave us a review on iTunes if you feel in so inclined to do so. We have some new stickers that just came in the mail recently. If you guys want some of those, let us know and we will mail them out to you. I still got to mail yours. You haven't yes. haven't done that yet. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you on the flippity flip later. Later. <laughs>